My Wax Museum is a proud member of the Create Vine and is produced by Mecco Radio. Hey guys, Alex popping in here just before we get into today's show to remind you that Mecco Radio produces a ton of podcasts, including Broken Bulbs. We started at the beginning of this year and we are flying. We are approaching episode 100 coming up very soon. So make sure you tune in for, I mean, that. I don't plan on doing a special, but every episode we do is special. At least I think so. So if you want to check that out, you can go to mechoradio.com. That's M-E-C-H-O radio.com. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by my friend and fellow podcaster, Stephen Rice. Stephen explains why he's a city person. Here's a hint. It's about the comfort. And it is for me, too. In this episode, we have a great conversation, like we always do. And remember, after today's show, to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Stephen Rice, welcome to My Wax Museum. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I am excited to have you here. I was fortunate enough to guest on your show and then we became like best friends since then. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, you have to come on My Wax Museum and we have to chat some more. And and I wanted to learn a bit more about your life and your life experience. I kind of already gave away how we met each other, but I always ask the guests, yeah. <laughs> how did we meet each other? Do you want to tell the audience? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, we actually met through a website for podcasters. It's basically like Tinder for podcasters, yeah. <laughs> but not in a like a sexual dating way. Do you know, they um, should have a swiping app. Like, it should just be swiping. It, it should give you options. It should. I think actually today, I don't know, because I'm an iPhone user. I don't associate really with Android users. users. Um, but I think they sent out an email earlier saying that Android users can now use an app. Right. There's an app now. Yeah. For And I'm like, ew, gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we. Uh, you messaged me on that and said, hey, <laughs> I, I think I would like being on your show because I was very vague on who I said. I'm just looking for interesting conversation. And um, you gave like a little bit about yourself, but the I pinpointed, oh, he's Canadian. I have to talk to him. So oh. that's how we kind of met. And then I interviewed you for my show. And then you forced me. I mean, you asked me to be on this show. <laughs> so here I am. <laughs> Disclaimer, yes. he did not force me, guys. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> it was completely and entirely his will. He could have canceled. He could have just not shown up. Yeah. And then I would have been exactly. like, what the heck? I actually know this guy and like talk to him, you know, every couple weeks. And he's just not showing and just up. just pretending like nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine we're chatting in the, in the group next week and you're just like, yeah, so blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you missed <laughs> our recording last week like excuse me it's like what no no we didn't schedule anything okay well i'll resend the link then and then you're like "Uh uh-huh and just never never touch it i'll get right on that (laughs) do you know if you did that i i would probably act like nothing happened i if if you just stood me up with it if if you just stood me up i'd be like well i 
I guess he hates me. I'll just go along with it and, you know, pretend like nothing happened at all. No. <laughs> I had a person cancel on me twice once, actually. And then after that, I was like, okay, okay. I'm not chasing, you know, like, yeah. whatever. Don't chase. Yeah, exactly. I would do the same. Yeah. But alas, this is, so this is the story of how we met. Wow. It's, yeah. you know, very typical. I've had multiple <laughs> meetings this way. So, you know, it's yeah. the internet. It's 2021. That's how things happen. But how did things happen way long ago? Where Where are you from? <laughs> That was a weird way to like, was like get way into long that ago. question. I am from a womb. <laughs> I was born on Earth. Um, I am from uh, Florida. I was actually born in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, but I don't remember much because we moved when I was like four or five. Um, but I lived in Florida, lived uh, a few years growing up in Georgia on a farm, um, and then back to Florida. And then I, I just spent the past majority of two years living in charlotte north carolina missed the sunshine and now i'm back in florida so i don't get out much <laughs> <laughs> so you've you've kind of stuck around that uh that corner the of the u.s yeah the south uh so i'm curious i think you're the first person i've interviewed from fort lauderdale i've interviewed people from uh jacksonville before which is where i live now okay okay and so, but, and I saw a map of Fort Lauderdale the other day. Is it pretty watery? Like there's a lot of water? Oh yeah. Yeah. South Florida is very watery. <laughs> yeah, watery. There's a lot of <laughs> yeah, beaches yeah. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it, technically, if you think about it, Jacksonville is too. It is quote unquote, the river city. There's so many rivers and we have the beach here as well too. So really Florida is just watery. Well, it's like <laughs> super flat. Right, like yeah. it's oh yeah, yeah, and you, I feel like you could probably see from one end to the other, like no obstructions. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's how I picture Florida because on a map it looks so small, you know. It 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 is very flat. It's uh, it was nice to move to North Carolina and go visit the mountains and go hiking because hiking here is like oh, I just walked over a sand dune <laughs> and then it's flat again so <laughs> yeah in that aspect it, it is very flat and you can see end to end just about wow so okay tell me about fort lauderdale i've never been there where in florida is it it's that's a great question that i should probably know as a florida native <laughs> native uh like i said we moved when i was so young um i know it's down i think it's really far down there but the the main things that stick out to me was it was flipping blazing hot all the time. I actually got sun poisoning a couple times and had blisters because the sun is ridiculous. Sun poisoning? Oh yeah, that's a thing. Isn't that just like heat stroke? Uh no uh maybe or not really. Like, okay, explain sun poisoning for me. I guess it, it's almost like you get too much sun that you become sick, like vomiting and really like it, it's almost like having a cold, but from the sun, if that makes sense. Interesting. Like it's bad. And like your skin is just screwed. I I, I had blisters and stuff because it, it just, it was, it was, and I remember a lot of people um, were into snakes, which I hate. So it was not out of the norm to go, to like a shopping mall or something and people just be carrying around pythons and snakes with them. And 
no thank you no me gusta <laughs> yeah it yeah that was just a thing it, that was a, yeah that was a thing and it, from what i've heard because i haven't been back since i was a child but when i've talked to people they say oh yeah some people still do that that and iguanas and stuff and i'm like i don't like re- reptiles sorry that reptiles is kingdom. so interesting yeah so if you could put all that together that's what for a lot of do is to- <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm putting together a pretty, pretty interesting picture. For It's watery, everybody's sick from sun poisoning, and everybody's also carrying around reptiles, and a hike is considered walking over a sand dune. Yeah. This, this is a great image. If people did fan art for the podcast, I would want fan art of this. <laughs> of this, Yeah. <laughs> Although people don't normally do fan art for interview shows. Maybe someday we'll, we'll, we'll someday. make that happen. Yeah. We'll be a trendsetter and it will happen. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so Fort Lauderdale. And then you said you went to a farm in Georgia, right? Yes, yes. Tell me about that. Uh, it was, it's Blackshire, Georgia. Have you ever heard of it? Mm-mm. Didn't think so. <laughs> Nobody Let me guess. ever. Could you yeah. imagine if I'd Nobody. said yes? If I said like, oh yeah, actually my grandparents are f- from there. I would one not believe you, but then two be like, we would have met by now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's it's a stereotypical small town, lots of farmland. Um, hence why you know I actually lived for about two or three years on a actual dairy farm, which again provided me um, with a lot of. Um, topics and therapy <laughs> as I got older, seeing cows being birthed or stillborn and setting beaver traps and everything. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a, it was, de- it's so weird because there's four siblings and out of the, the four of us, I'm the only one that dropped the Southern accent and just got the hell out of there. And was like, no, thank you. I don't want any part of this. So it was a very small-minded, uh, small town um, with not much to do. Um, to paint a picture there, it's farms, woods. That's about it. <laughs> wow. Like, okay. So this is really interesting to me. You had an accent. Oh, yeah. Like your siblings like a, still have Southern accents? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So what? What did you do with yours? Uh, you just, I guess I just repressed it you, so much. You just said no. I don't want to sound like this. Uh, evidently, yeah. I I think because I mean we were there from grade three to high school, tenth grade, but I started to lose it really in high school because when when people like my brother was like, I'm gonna do football and do stuff that you would be around other people with Southern accents. I was like, I'm going to do theater where I can learn to do British accents or different accents and stuff like that. So I guess I just grew, grew out of it from the people that I was around. And then when I moved, we moved back to Florida when I was 16, I completely within a, I would say a year it was, it was gone. Any trace of Southern Stephen was gone. <laughs> Interesting. That is so fascinating to me because I've lived in the same place all my life. Although even my Canadian friends say that I have a, a thick Canadian accent, though I don't, I don't hear it. I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, but that's, 
That's really interesting to me, the way, the way that that changed and, and the way that your personality, I, I had a friend from the UK who moved here and he started to lose his accent and his family commented on it and he didn't want to lose that. So he put more effort into it. And now he has more of an accent and a different accent from what he did when he moved here. Before. So it, it's interesting. That's just something that fascinates me. The, the way that people change in order to fit in or to, you know, be part of, of the group or to distinguish them themselves from the group is really interesting to me. So is there anything, because you were in Georgia for a while, like you spent, you know, pretty formative years there. Is there anything that you look back on that you think, yeah, I kind of miss that? <laughs> I, I i will say i miss um you know some of the the relationships and friendships that i formed there um other than that no <laughs> especially as i've gotten older um you know maybe i did kind of like want to set myself away from that that's why i worked so hard to get rid of the southernness of everything um but yeah, there wasn't, I mean, the biggest city near us was Jacksonville, Florida, which was like an hour and a half, two hours away, depending on traffic. So it felt very uncivilized to me now. Like looking back, I'm like, oh, like last year we actually went to um, Waycross, Georgia, which is the next town over. Um, and my husband and mother-in-law went with me and they, well, unfortunately we had to go to the hospital to see my sister. And my husband was like, Oh, is there a Starbucks in this hospital? Because I really, and I, I just laughed and was like, Oh, Oh no, no, no. Like that's not what they do here. I didn't know what a Starbucks was until 2009 when I moved um, to Florida again, because it was not a thing you got. Yeah, you got your coffee from like McDonald's or a gas station. <laughs> so, huh? Yeah, this is really, really fascinating to me. Okay, so it sounds like you you have a lot more uh, interest in the city. Like you, you feel more like a city person. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Take me out of the tick ridden woods with snakes and lions and tigers and bears. <laughs> and so. What is it about the city that draws you to it other than the things that chase you out of the forest? <laughs> um, I I would say convenience of a lot of things, especially my generation now. We are very, we want it, we want it now. So if I'm hungry, I can just pull up an app and say, hey, bring me food. Or if I don't want to drive, I could pull up an app and say, hey, bring me x y and z location um you don't get that in blackshear georgia or the other small town that i lived in callahan florida that just doesn't happen so um the convenience of it all is, is very nice like i don't we i i joke about it but i i feel like it's true i don't think i could live somewhere that like postmates or doordash would not deliver to because <laughs> sometimes i just don't want to cook we like our comfort what could, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Is there is there a city that you think like this is the place I would love to be? I've always, even though I've never been, I've always felt like I feel like I could be a good New Yorker, 
But then at the same time, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Cause I've never been, but I'm like, I speed walk and walk on a mission and like the convenience of not having to drive anywhere and walking or just hopping in a car. That sounds strange when you say it out loud, <laughs> like hopping in a car with a complete stranger, hopping in a car and being taken somewhere. Um, but then at the, on the flip side, I look at like rent prices and stuff like that. I'm like, mm, <laughs> maybe You're not. Like, maybe I don't belong in New York. Exactly. So there, that's, yeah. So maybe a New York style feel, but less money, which is very difficult to find. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That would be very difficult to find, which is interesting because you'd think all those people crammed together, you'd be able to save a few pennies, right? Exactly. Apparently not. Nope. <laughs> so, America. <laughs> what is going on? Hey guys, Alex coming in at halftime here to remind you about Broken Bulbs, which you can go and listen to wherever you get your podcasts or by going to mechoradio.com slash broken bulbs. That's M-E-C-H-O radio.com slash broken bulbs or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Now, Back to the show. Once you kind of grew up, you know, you're, you're coming to your own. You're in Florida at the time. Obviously, you didn't stay in Florida forever because you said that you just moved back from North Carolina. Take me through like early, early adulthood. Like, where were you going? What were you doing? Oh, it was a, it was a mess. <laughs> so um, I always knew I wanted to go to college. Um, well, first of all, I, I knew I wanted to finish high school at the very least because nobody else in my immediate family had um, done that. It was either dropped out or get a GED. So I, w- I became the first one to actually graduate high school. So that was um, awesome. And then, you know, with college, I knew I didn't want to go anywhere far away. Most peers and stuff, they were like, oh, I want to get as far away from my parents and stuff like that as possible. Uh, my situation was a little different with losing my mom at 16 and everything. I was like, I don't want to go away from my grandparents. I don't want to be away from people. Um, but it was hard because there was no guidance. My grandparents were like, we don't know the first thing about college or how to do that. So I kind of had to navigate that world on my own. Um, so I applied, got in. So that was nice. Um you know, struggled for two years to kind of get a hold of being an adult. But I would say it really kicked in when I left the nest, as they say, and moved out and quote unquote lived on my own, but I was living um, with an ex at the time and everything. And I remember going to get groceries and like necessities for our apartment for the first time. And it ringing up to be like $270 or something and just starting to cry and then I called my grandmother and was like, I, did, I wasn't prepared for this. Like, thank you so much for providing for me, my brother, for the past uh, four or five years, however long it was. Like, I just never realized, you know, as a kid, you just think, oh, toilet paper is there for, you know, it's just always going to be there. Then you don't realize, like, no, somebody has to purchase that toilet paper and it, it's wicked expensive um, in high demands last year, too. So um, it was very, it was a, a lot of learning and growing in early adulthood, even more than, you know, all the tragedy that happened 
as a, a teenager and everything. So um, it was rough. And it, like I said, there was no nobody there to really navigate because, you know, and it was hard and not to, to throw a whole nother storm in there. Also figuring out my own identity and sexuality was a whole nother topic. Yeah. <laughs> so it was rough. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot to deal with all, you know, in the span of a few, a few years. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. What, like, what were the things that got you through that, that, you know, that helped you settle into your identity, adulthood, you know, being on your own, what were the things that got you through? Definitely uh, learning from my mistakes. Um, nobody likes to tell you about credit cards. <laughs> and so uh, Baby Nugget Steven was like, oh, credit cards, that sounds great. Let me charge up all this money. And then once they start hitting you with fees and stuff like that, you're like, oh, I, I have to start paying this back now. I thought I had like 12,000 years. Um, so a lot of trial and error with with things um, and then finding a good support group, um, like minded people. I have a really good friend. Um, we're really good friends till this day. She was actually um, in my wedding party and everything like that. We came from very similar situation. She grew up basically with a single mom um, and everything like that. And we we didn't have the best fortune <laughs> in life and everything. So uh, we kind of leaned on each other for support and everything because it was something that we both were experiencing at this big fancy i forgot to mention that i went to a, a jacksonville university which is a private university that's super expensive to get into um and luckily for me i did amazingly in school so they offered me a lot of scholarships and stuff i still had to come out of pocket with student loans a little bit but um and i'm talking uh, one semester is $30,000. So, yeah. What? Yes. Ridiculous. Yes. But that's that was my number one choice in school because I wanted that close-knit... Um, they have a rule, no more than 25 students in a classroom. I didn't want to go to a university where you were just a number to a professor or anything like that. So, uh, But that was another mm -hmm. support system there was professors became really close with them, you know, um, and everything like that. One um, professor actually became my um, academic advisor, which was awesome because my previous academic advisor, I ended up um, cussing out in the middle of a class with him and <laughs> walking out and never speaking to him again. So um, I really do. I think that people there's resources out there and everything and you can kind of figure it out as you go along. But when you have a good support system and people uplifting you rather than tearing you down, um, you'll get there faster. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. I, I mean, this isn't an advice podcast, but I, I like to ask guests when we get onto these topics of, of the challenges we, we face in life, what advice would you offer people for creating that support network for finding somebody who might be there as as an advisor of one sort or another to help them move from you know one stage to the next stage what can people look for i would definitely say take some time to find out what your values are and what you value in yourself and other people and then when you go out into the world search for those type of people um, I'll use my my 
one of my best friends uh, example again the same one that i was talking about previously you know she's a very big feminist and um very outspoken when it comes to any type of thing so um being a lot of social science classes together she was always one to speak up and say you know let me put the feminist twist on it and everything like that and that's something that i started to value more and more as i grew older um so that drew me to her so um I finally, after <laughs> like months of passing her and being like, oh, I really like your dress or, you know, like sitting in the corner when she's going off about, you know, how this isn't fair for women and being like, yeah, that's that's great. Yes, go queen and everything like that. Finally getting the courage to be like, hi, can we be friends? <laughs> Literally word for word, what happened? And she was like, oh my God, yeah, sure. Add me on Facebook. And then it just bloomed from there. So you also have to be willing to kind of put yourself out there you can't just sit there and expect people to come to you and be like hi let's be friends so yeah i like that i i was having a similar conversation with my older sister talking about making friends as an adult and how she you know she sees her child go and request friendship from people right and you know why not do the same thing why not exactly Walk up, say, I really admire you for this, this, and this. You know, thanks for all of this. Can we be friends? You know, it's... And then, you know, people aren't going to be like, no. <laughs> you know, as long as you're a decent person, people are going to be like, sure. I, You know, like, at the very least, they're going to be like, I don't see why not. You know, like, you haven't offended me. So, yeah. You know, even if they say no and turn you away, then y'all weren't meant to be friends anyways. Who wants that yeah. type of friend? Yeah, you don't want a friend who doesn't want to be your friend anyways. Yeah. So. It just don't approach and be like, be my friend. <laughs> you're going to be my friend and you're going to you're gonna like it. You're going to like it. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> so, okay. So, so you're coming into adulthood. You're figuring things out. We don't have a ton of time left on the podcast. I feel like every time we talk, we can just like go on and on and on. I know. So I want to take, before we get into the future and stuff, I want to take a couple minutes and look at you now. What is it that you're doing now? Who are you now? And Just tell me a bit about where you're at. Definitely. So um, surprise, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> And why uh, I've interviewed you. Started my podcast last year in the wake of quarantine and everything um, with the goal to put positivity vibes in the world and everything like that. Um, I also write. Um, I'm hoping um, I just actually finished my last chapter of my memoir today. Um, still waiting on a few things and I want to edit it and then start putting it out there to see if I can get published. Um but that's, I, I feel like, especially after 2020, because <laughs> that was a year, um, and a lot of things happened. I lost my sister, and that put a lot of things into perspective for me. And it really um, lit or relit a, a fire within me to say, hey, I've got a story to tell. I want to go out in the world and spread the sunshine and, you know, offer advice and everything like that. And, you know guide people on their journey, you know, and just be that support system for people. So that's where I'm at. And that's my goal in life now is to um, work for myself <laughs> and just uh, continue writing and podcasting and, you know, 
networking with people and lifting them up. Yeah. Yeah. I really like how you've taken everything that's happened in your life, the good and the bad, just the, and the things that just things that have happened and, and you're taking it and turning it into, you know, teaching opportunities and like your podcast is called Sunshine Steven, right? You oh know? yeah, I never even said the name. I'm <laughs> <It's> horrible like, <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> well, you know, and like you're 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 spreading you're spreading light, right? You're you're helping people, even if it's just with your story and and, and your experience. Before we get on to the future, actually, perfect opportunity for you if you want to plug your stuff and tell people where they can follow you. Yes. Yeah, they can follow me on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, at Sir Stephen Rice. It's the same for all of them. I was lucky enough to get that for everything. And I also have a website, SirStephenRice.com, where I have a blog and some podcast merchandise that I just put out. So go check it out. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're going to have to show me how you did the merch stuff. We need to talk about that. Oh, it was a process <laughs> yeah yeah that's why that's why i need help <laughs> oh yeah for sure i got you so okay so now looking at your future what are your hopes for the future what are you working towards what do you want to see happen i um and i joke but i'm serious <laughs> in some ways i should just wrote this in my last chapter of my book um i want to be that light in people's lives um whether it be you know, just a few people that I touch or reach that they're like, oh, wow, this is giving me the strength or courage to, you know, take on whatever obstacles are in my way. Or if I'm dreaming big, you know, I'll just become so successful that Netflix offers me a great deal for a special. Um, And like I said before, we were joking about it, but serious in a way that like, I just want to live comfortably to not worry about the extra charge of guacamole (laughs) in life. Um, But by in doing so to get that way to flourish is, you know, really helping people out, sharing my story and coaching them in a way to offer my advice and, you know, take me on the journey. I'm here for you. I really like that. I I think, uh, I think the guacamole measure is the perfect measure of reach <laughs> exactly. success. Yeah, we were joking before we started recording about, you know, you're rich when you can buy the guacamole for everybody else in, in line. Everyone in <laughs> the line, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that's the point that, that we want to get to. This is the, the last question that I always ask everybody at the end of the podcast. And it is at the end of your life, when you're looking back at everything you've accomplished, the experiences you've had up till now, the experiences you're about to have and are having now, and the things you haven't done, like buying guacamole for everybody in the restaurant. Yeah. What are the things, looking back on that, that you're most proud of and most satisfied by? I would say, and I've thought about this before, for hopping on the call and everything one the the biggest thing that I'm, I'm most proud of is whenever i can make somebody laugh i feel like that's a, a natural talent that i have um which is nice but then also once they get to know me and my story i get a lot of oh my gosh like how are you saying like 
you you've had so much thrown at you and I'm like, yeah, I know it was depressing and everything, but um, I survived. You came too. So just having that moment when, whenever somebody tells me like, wow, you inspire me. Like I always joke, like you might think you have it bad. Let me tell you about the time I was a child and we went without electricity for two weeks. Like it's a thing. Um, So I guess anytime that I make people laugh and just inspire them to be a better them um, makes my heart melt and makes me really happy. And I hope that when I'm long gone from the earth and everything, that that's the thing that people most remember when they think of Stephen Rice is like, Oh, he was always there with a good joke and a good story. um, And always inspired me to be a better me. I love it. I love it. Well, Stephen, thank you very much for joining me. No, thank you. And thank you, not just for listening to and supporting the show, but also for listening to the people around you. Remember to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco.